Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of All Marketing School certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Hello team and welcome back to the Make an Impact Show. My name is Fab and I'm your host and founder of Creative Impact. And this week we're going to meet a good old friend, the incredible Dr. Tozin Sotubo. What we're going to talk to Tozin about is the importance of finding your voice online, but also be intentional in different things that you do, including the way that you consume content. I'm really excited to be talking to Dr. Tozin again, as she was, last year, one of our incredible judges for the Creative Impact Awards. And since the Creative Impact Awards are going to be back in July, so keep an eye out in the coming weeks. I'm really excited to get loads of new people to nominate themselves and their friends and send our lovely trophies to incredible winners once again for the seventh time in a row. But before that, let's chat to Dr. Tozen. She is the founder of My Body Doctor and she is a medical doctor working in London as an NHS and private general practitioner with a passion for spreading health awareness. She founded Mind Body Doctor as a friendly and accessible space to educate and inspire as many people as possible to look after their health whilst busting fads, myths and talking facts. Also, I want to warn you, we're going to geek out about notebooks a lot today. So if you're a notebook lover like myself, you're going to enjoy this. I really hope you're going to love this episode and make sure that you check out Dr. Tozin's work as well to get to know her better. As always, we'll be back next week with a very exciting episode. But until then, enjoy today's show. Good day, everyone. I always remember that I shouldn't like assume people are listening in the morning or in the afternoon. Good day, everyone. How are you doing, Dawson? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I've been waiting eagerly for, well, to have this chat with you. So I'm very, very excited and looking forward to it. I think that you actually brought the sunshine out today. So even like extra brownie points, somebody knew that we we're going to have this chat. So I'm even more excited. Uh, how, how has your day been? You had a busy day in practice? 
Yeah, I mean, it's difficult not to have a busy day in practice, but it wasn't too bad considering. It wasn't too bad. I'm feeling relaxed, so it wasn't it wasn't terrible. <laughs> That's what we need because, you know, the icebreaker questions are the harder questions because these ones you really have to think about. The rest is going to be a nice, easy, breezy ride into the sunshine or into the sunset for the time of recording. So not to worry. But before that, we're going to go into the icebreaker questions. So Tosin, we're going to start with the first one. The first one is a memory lane. We're going to go down the memory lane. And I want you to think about what is the first job you've ever had and what did you learn from it? Oh, that is a difficult one. First job I ever had was probably working for my dad, if this counts. So my dad, um, he's a pharmacist and he's had a pharmacy since we were young since I was about 11 that's when he opened it so he would when he first opened it he got me and my sister on Saturdays to hand out leaflets or you know put leaflets through people's doors around where his pharmacy was kind of like saying pharmacy around the corner come and see our pharmacy um so me and my sister used to do that on Saturdays and sometimes we would just stand around the pharmacy helping helping I was going to say patients but customers is what you call them in pharmacies <laughs> customers so that was probably my first first job I'm not sure if I got paid properly for it but <laughs> that was my first job what did I learn from it I would say customer service and even though I was still very young I think just being patient with people and the importance of customer service and you know, the saying where they say the customer is always right. And it's not necessarily true, but I think you have to have that attitude when you're dealing with the public and customers. And I think that has taken me nicely into what I do today as a GP, because I'm literally meeting different people, although we don't call them customers, I'm literally meeting different people every single day. So yeah, long-winded, but that was my first job and what I learned from it. I love it. That wasn't long at all. I love that. And you were surprised at how many people have been actually doing paper rounds since I started asking these questions. So, you know, it's not too surprising, actually, the little jobs. And you know what? I think it's fascinating what you mentioned there because it, I think it's an extension of what you, what you talked about when it comes to patients is also starting with an attitude of kindness, even if you say, like, again, the cost of money might not always be right. There's and it can be hard sometimes. I lose my temper sometimes myself, so sometimes it can be hard, and I try to not project onto people if I lose my temper. But you never know what's going on with a person on the other side of a phone, of a laptop, or even the person that you're meeting. So a lot of the time, the reason why they might be short or they might be distracted, it might not even be relevant to you. <clears throat> it's probably not a reflection on you. It can be something else that's going on, and I think. It's a hard thing to remember because we have to constantly remember when we interact with people all the time. But I think it's a big part of, you know, interacting with people. And obviously you said that there's something that obviously you do. I was gonna say day in and day out, I should say hour in, hour out. So I guess it's always that reminder that, it, you know, we don't really know exactly what is the thought process that goes beyond some of these things as well. And I think it's a really helpful skill to have, but also a really hard one to master, I suppose. Again, I'd obviously, I don't know how you feel about it or how you find that to be part of what you learned as a doctor as well and within your practice, but I think it's really fascinating. Yeah, no, um, it, it is fascinating. Like you said, it is a hard one to master. I think you take it for granted when you're in a job or profession where you do it 
like you said, day in, day out or hour in, hour out. But a heavy, heavy part of medical school and training to become a doctor is based on communication skills. You'll be surprised if you actually looked at the curriculum, how many hours we spend through those five or six years just practicing communication skills. Um, and there's a reason for that because you, you don't make a great doctor by being clever and smart. There's a, there's a lot of clever and smart people out there that wouldn't make good doctors, but it's really about how you treat people, how you talk to people, how you emphasize with people, how, you're, how you break bad news to people, how you comfort people. And that's a huge part of being a doctor and just dealing with people on a day-to-day -day basis. So yeah, it's a big part of the job and it's not easy, but I think you, you learn skills and you learn what comes natural to you along the way. I love that. I love the use of the word empathize as well, because I think it really represents that that connection. And then you can have, as you say, regardless of what you have to talk about, it's really important to break that wall. And I think it's really important. So I definitely love that. And I can understand that as well. Now I'm going to move us back. We're going to go fast forward all the way up to the last six months. OK, so we're closer to now. What is the best investment that you've made in the last six months? If it is a thing that you bought, a hundred pounds or less, if it's something else, then it's totally fine. It doesn't have to be something you bought for, maybe something that you did, but if it's something that you bought for, a hundred pounds or less. I would say a good journal or a good notepad. Um, and I've always had like, just, I've always had little notepads. Like I've always had small journals, but this one is quite, it's quite thick and it has a presence. I know that sounds odd, but I can't lose it. Whereas I always used to misplace all my old little journals on notepads, but this one is, I don't know, there's just something about it that I really like and I get excited about going to sit down and write in my journal. So I would definitely say that has been my best investment. And I can't remember how much it was. It was not a lot of money, but definitely, definitely worth it. Can I ask you, what would you use it for? Is it more like a note dump kind of vibe or is it more like a check-in or you use it literally for everything? It's like your little, little extra brain outside of the brain. Literally for everything. Like you described my extra brain outside of the brain. It does have, it does have like little guidance points. So it has my three goals for the week or my three goals for the day, my reflection points for the day, my reflection points for the week. And it has to-do list sections. So it does have those kind of guidance, which is why I like it. But I literally, I use it for everything. I use it for reflection, goal setting, to-do lists. And I separate my to-do lists in terms of life, work, and then my extra work. So my kind of side hustles. So yeah, it just everything. It keeps me on top of everything. And it allows me to reflect and do a little bit of journaling. Before I would have different notebooks for different things. So different notebooks for journaling, different notebooks for my to-do list. And it just wasn't working for me. So this works for me. You're speaking my language here. I am like, whatever excuse I have to like try a new notepad and figure out if it works for me. It's like, yes, I got it. And actually you said something really important that this is a very trivial conversation around notepads. But, okay, I like my notepads. I like my notebooks. So I'm going to say it. Finding a good notepad or notebook that works for you or journal if you want to, depending on the format. It's not easy because we assume that there is the ultimate planner that everybody recommends. I've tried those. 
didn't work for me. There was too much or too little, like Goldilocks effect. So what the one that would work for you is almost like tailored to your little brain. So don't be afraid to maybe look at something. Sometimes this is my recommendation. I'm going geeky already, but you can even print sometimes the PDF version of something or have it as a PDF version and try and fill a couple of pages for a couple of days and see how you feel before you buy the whole thing, if you can, or you can even write to the question in your own notebook because you'll be surprised about if you have the right questions, if you have the right setting or structure, you stick to it. If you don't, you will find that you start losing interest or you start kind of like misplacing it and things like that. That's my little tip because I like journals myself. Um, so again, if somebody's struggling, I would definitely say try that out. Completely, 100% agree. And the funny thing actually is, I'll just add this in, I ordered this notebook by mistake. So I don't even know, I can't remember exactly how but I know that I didn't mean to. I was looking at it and I meant to order something else. And I ordered three of the same notebook by mistake. And I cancelled the order. But for some reason, the order still came. So I, even when it came, I was just like, oh, I didn't actually order this. Should I return it? Because now I feel bad because they gave my money back. And I emailed the company and they were like, oh, no, keep it. And I was like, OK, well, I'll start using it. So it's strange because... Obviously, it was meant to be. It sounds very silly because we're talking about we're talking about a notebook here, but it has definitely changed my life, my mindset. It's just made things everyday life that little bit easier for me. You know that right now we will need to know where it's from. First of all, so that we can give back to, to the guys, but also because it feels like this notebook is gonna be mind-boggling changing lives. So definitely gonna ask the link afterwards. Good. I'm sure I'm glad that you said afterwards because I cannot remember right now. So definitely yeah. I'll people give it to me on the spot. I'm the same. Sometimes I'm in a podcast and people are like, yeah, I can remember the, the name of this book. And I'm like, I just said I love this book. Can I remember the actual name of it or the actual name of the author? I'm a terrible person. So no, it happens. So don't worry. We'll put it down in the show notes so people can check it out afterwards as well. Now, the last question, which I'm really excited about. I like this one. If you were to choose a trivia category that you'd be really good at, which one would it be and why? Hmm. 90s R&B music. I like when people get specific. What, <laughs> what are your favorite three tracks out of that era? Oh, that is difficult now. I probably can't give you th three tracks, but I'll give you three artists. Aaliyah. Oh, I stopped at Aaliyah. <laughs> Aaliyah, Boys to Men, and oh, my mind has gone blank. You've drawn a blank. I know who I'm trying to think of, and it's just not coming out. <laughs> oh, that's not good. But those are my, my those are my two. I would say Aaliyah, Boys to Men, and the last one I've drawn a blank. But it's, it's all right. We'll we'll keep it up to two. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> awesome. See, super easy. We even got to geek about notebook, which makes me happy. And R&B music, so even better. But I really love what you said there about, you know, we talked about earlier, obviously, within the chat about understanding how, obviously, customer service, but more in depth about actually, you know, relationship with people and understanding that I'm, I'm going to call it exchange of energy. You know, we went to be like a law of attraction with the notebook coming your way and being meant to be. But, you know, at the end of the day, whether it is, whatever type of energy there's a lot of energy going around and I think especially when you're interacting with people especially when 
is about more serious conversations, I guess. There is an exchange of energy. So the way, as we said, that somebody might be reacting to you might actually affect you at the same time. So I'm going to go deep, like from the get-go, bam, okay. Nices are gone. Let's go for it. I'm wondering, how do you see that, the element of exchange of energy, of communication and support is transported to the online world? Let me explain. You're a doctor, therefore people know that. So how are you, that's the question, protecting your energies or making sure that you know how to, again, set the boundaries when it comes to, yes, wanting to share some of the advice, some of the, some of the information online, but also making sure that, one, you are doing it in the best way for the peeps and for the audience, but also for yourself, because I think it's really important. I would love to de- dive deep into this, so sh- straight on. I think that's such a great question. Um, and number one, first of all, it's it's not easy. I think it's a learning process. And this is something that I'm still learning, but I've definitely learned since I've started my platform on social media. And first and foremost, it's, it's about creating boundaries. You have to give yourself that time and space and you can't constantly just give, give, give. And it reflects life in general. You can't pour from an empty cup. I love that saying. You need to create your time, your space. You need to give your brain that space. And so you can kind of, you need to give your brain that space so you can kind of replenish the energy so you can put your best self forward for all your followers, for anyone that's on your platform or taking your advice. So for me, definitely, first of all, when I started a platform, I was like, go, go, go. I need to post. I need to do this. And when I didn't post or when I didn't share a story a day, I kind of felt disappointed in myself. Like, you know, I should be doing better. This person's doing that. I really want to reach as many people as possible. And then I started to learn quite quickly Quality is also better than quantity as well. So me giving myself just a couple of days off social media and actually giving myself the time, not just for myself, but the time to sit down and look at the work and the advice that I'm putting out. I think for me, that's worked so much better. And it's important to not necessarily think about, although you want your audience to learn something you want your audience to be engaging with you it's important to not necessarily think about them too much and I think that's where people fall into a little bit of danger with social media they're constantly thinking about people on the other side of the screen and it's important to think about yourself first and I think that energy comes across so strongly on social media so yeah in a nutshell I would say definitely give yourself that time and that space to replenish your energy is really, really important. And I love that. And I love that, you know, you went through the spectrum of even, you know, taking that break and stepping back from it and stepping away from it, as far as also looking at what you said or the way that you want to say it. And also that I understand that. And I'm going to go a bit deeper on that point as well, because I think some people misunderstand or don't think about actually how hard it can be to give advice. And this is where you can tell me, whatever you feel like obviously uh, makes sense to you if anything how to give advice but in a way that also people understand that they can still make their own choices is 
have you found for yourself maybe a way that you can do that or that people can do that? Because I find that's one of the biggest issues is finding that middle ground. And when you want to help people, you really just want to tell them, oh my God, avocados are amazing. Avocados are amazing. Avocados are amazing. Everybody should eat them. But you're like, well, yes, but. So I'm kind of wondering how has that process worked for you? I believe that because of what you said as well and the training that you've done, there is a better understanding from the get-go than other people that maybe never had the training to actually understand how to how to relay this information. But, you know, I think it can be hard sometimes just to find that little sweet spot between, I'm excited about this thing, you should try it, and also remember that what works for you might not work for somebody else. Exactly. And I think for me, I'm always saying that last point that you, that you said, what works for you may not work for someone else. I think that's so important when it comes to health and when it comes to talking about health because it's never a one-size-fits-all approach and I think it's really really important to kind of just bang that home so I often whenever I get a chance to talk whether it's on my stories whether it's at the end of a post or at the end of a blurb I always just add a little something like remember what works for you does may not work for someone else or remember this is your journey remember if you're unsure to speak to your doctor just add in those little points at the end of something so to just kind of tie it up nicely so someone's read the advice but at the end it's just that little remembrance that actually you need to do what works for you and everyone is different so I really really try and push that home and I think also just finding your voice on social media. I think that's really important. And I think authenticity is really important. So I think people listen to you more and engage with you more if you're, if you're authentic and you have your own voice. And I think for me, that's quite important. So not necessarily given textbook advice. So obviously I'm given advice from a medical point of view, but I like to do it in a natural, fun, calm, relaxing way rather than you must do this, you must do that. Because no one wants to, no one wants to be on social media feeling like they're being told what to do. You just want to get advice. You want to learn more. And I think that's what people are on social media for, to, to learn more and to find out things that they're interested in that they may have not known before. So I think using your voice in a non-threatening and calming manner is really important when you're trying to encourage people to do something um, and not necessarily telling people what to do. I love that. And then again, you have on the other side, I love that you mentioned also finding your own voice because then I, I think about myself and I'm like, I'm a squirrel on speed. So you can't really say that I necessarily am the most calming person in the world. However, I try to have the uplifting element, which is who I am. And then not the professional slash not professional is who I am. I wouldn't be able to do it otherwise. And I love what you mentioned there, that if you are going against your, who you naturally are, people will will see it and people will feel it as well and I think that's a big thing when it comes to obviously the way that we interact online and offline as well now I'm going to go slightly on the other side of the screen so it's not us it's actually the people that are looking for that support the people that are looking to navigate what is going on and what is happening now how uh, this is again going a bit on the wider spectrum what do you find personally are some of the positives of actually being able to have so much access to social and different people and different opinions? And what do you think are some of the negatives? And within that, how do you think, again, as a consumer or as a person that just wants to better their life and just find more motivation, 
can navigate that for themselves because we talked about how we can do it when it comes to supporting other people but I think it's always important to remind ourselves how we can do it also when we're receiving because let's be honest even if you're a professional and you're talking about a specific topic by consuming you're still also on the receiver end and I think sometimes we forget that we think that we're you know I was like well, we're beyond this oh I'm not I'm never gonna get all riled up or I'm not gonna get over, overloaded by information but if 2020 is taught us something, is that that can definitely happen. So a bit of your opinion on the good, the bad, and how we, we can navigate that from that side of things. Yeah, really great question. You're just coming up with great questions today, Fab. <laughs> I would say, number one, well, the good side of it, you just have access to so much nowadays. So much information is at your fingertips. And I think it's great from a consumer side definitely because you can go online you can type in what you you're interested in or what you want to learn more about you can curate your social media to your interests so I think it's really really great um so that's definitely a positive side I would say a negative side or maybe a not so good side is that there is no barrier you know that there are no regulations so sometimes subconsciously you might not even realize what you're taking in from online content and you might not realize what you're taking on the social media on a day-to-day base basis you know just sliding through instagram or twitter on a day-to-day basis and possibly you know negative or disparaging images tweets photos all these little things can build up over time and comparison as well comparison is such a big big problem I think with social media and the online kind of world I think it's very easy for us all subconsciously to start comparing our lives to what we think other people's lives look like and I would definitely say that those are the downsides so just being no barriers to what people post and what kind of content you can possibly take in and subconsciously you know not being aware of what you're taking in and not being aware of what's getting to you and comparison and things like that kind of creeping into your subconscious. I would say it's difficult, especially for the younger generation who are being brought up online and being brought up on social media. I'm fortunate, fortunate enough that I'm slightly of the age where, you know, I didn't have a mobile, well, I did have a mobile phone when I was in secondary school, but there was not much you could do with a mobile phone apart from call someone and receive a call or receive a text message. Whereas now young teenagers, they have access to, to so much, to celebrities, to other people's lives, what their friends are doing on the weekend or, you know, and people just show the nice parts of life. You know, very rarely do we see the difficult parts, the ugly parts, the realities of everyone's day to day life. So I think it, I think it's definitely it's definitely difficult and it definitely does have its good and its bad side. By the way, this is now a tangent, but can we just appreciate the time? Please tell me that we're at the same kind of like age age group that we could only use our little Nokia 30, 30, no, 3330, that was the one, to play Snake. That was one of the things that was on their phones. And I was like, yes, Snake. I was like, this is such a cool game. Nobody can beat that. Nobody's going to create anything better than that ever. Exactly. (laughs) We are definitely in the same generation. Life was so well, life seemed so simple then. But yeah, I can't, I can't imagine growing up with an iPhone and having access to so 
much you know I would I probably wouldn't go outside I'll just be on my phone indoors all the time <laughs> I think it's also what what I love what you mentioned there and I'm kind of I'm bringing it back a bit to even again the, the past the past year and a half now I guess even us even I'm putting us as in even our generations have gone back a bit more to the line world because there's actually was the only thing that we could do and the only way that we could connect and I'm finding that now the things are opening up again is bizarre even to say yeah uh, but now the things are opening up again I think there's that realization of actually that the feeling of boredom almost boredom I love boredom in my in my book I talk about boredom a lot uh, and space how good that feels and again we talked about our generation our, my generation our generation was generation that understood boredom and I kind of liked it because I will never get bored because my brain will always go somewhere so I was fine but I enjoyed that because that was my time to have the space to do whatever I felt like and I felt that I had to come to a point after things started to ease up after the big lockdowns and I was like I need to reclaim that because I just didn't have it and I think you know I realized how much all the other side of my health and well-being were not functioning as well because I felt I had to constantly perform and constantly, you know, do and be in that. And I wouldn't have the time to actually reflect and be like, even just, am I eating enough sometimes? Or, you know, am I eating the right things? Or am I actually taking time to, to eat? Or whatever that might be. For different people, it's different things. But I don't know. This is a bit of a rant, aside from my appreciation for snake. But I don't know. I think, like, and I wanted to hear opinion on this, it, from different ways, obviously, the past year and a half has definitely changed a lot of conversation and has definitely changed us a lot. But I feel right now that we're coming out of a lot of this. There are some skills that we need to relearn. So there are some things that we need to build up back in place because I don't think that on a day-to-day -day level, we can understand how much things have changed. And I understand that because we're protecting ourselves as humans. Trauma is not something we want to relieve every second. I don't know what you're thinking. And I don't know if I'm making any sense here, but mm -hmm. I just find that there's been a bit of a shift and now it's almost trying to go back to something that it feels breezier more breathing, more space. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, as difficult as the past year has been, and it's really taken its toll on everyone in some shape or form, I think it has also taught us a lot of lessons. You know, you talk about the importance of rest a lot in your book. And I think it's so, so important. And we take it for granted, you know, and just as much as we schedule a meeting in or we schedule going to see our friends or we schedule going to the gym, sometimes we have to schedule in taking periods of rest or taking periods of time just for ourselves. And for some people, if they don't schedule it, it's not going to happen just because our lives are constantly, constantly on the go. And before you realize it, your calendar is booked out back to back for a week, a month, and you actually haven't taken the time to to just rest and rest can be in lots and lots of different shapes of form and it's what rest means to you so for someone that may be literally lying down and sleeping for someone else that might be meditating for someone else it might be going to the gym that might be their form of rest and their form of me time and I think you know, the past year really gave a lot of people just the realization of how important rest was for their mind and for their body and just for their overall health and mental health, not just their physical health, but their mental health. 
and to rejuvenate and to be in tune with themselves. And I'm hoping that people really continue that and really kind of keep that awareness as we come out in lockdown. I'm worried that it won't happen and people are just kind of going to go back into the chaos of life. But I'm really hoping that people keep the awareness of the importance of rest and the importance of just tuning into your needs and being still when you need to be still and taking time for yourself. I love that. And I do agree with you. There's a bit of a skeptical side of me that is like, people are just going to want to rush back in and to everything. But don't worry, Tosin, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put in every single pret-a-manger, which is one of those little weird people that are not obviously from the UK, a little kind of Starbucks-like cafe. I'm going to put a little copy of the book, like a little leaflet with a copy of the book, be like, reclaim your time. Joking. Okay. <laughs> I, wanted to, I mean, I did it a few times with a couple of people. When I was having a coffee. I was like, oh, you know, I got a book out. But I think it's just whichever reminder you can set for yourself. I love that you mentioned actually scheduling it if you really need to, whatever the rest might be. I think it's so, so important because we assume that we would know. But we also, it's almost like an element of kindness to ourselves by saying, okay, maybe I will do it. But you know what? I'm going to help myself and give myself a little nudge instead, instead of assuming. I think it's a bit of a pat on our own backs. Now, going back to the lessons, I love that you mentioned actually how many lessons this past year has taught us. So what would you say is the one lesson from, let's call it from the lockdown. I don't know what literally the whole experience, but let's go from the lockdown. What is the one lesson that you learn that you're going to take with you going forward? Is the one that really rings true to you? I would say personally, being intentional about reaching out to friends and loved ones. And I think before, I didn't realize that I probably just wasn't, not that I wasn't doing it, but I wasn't being intentional about it. And I think, you know, the past year has just shown us, you know, what can happen. And sometimes life can be short and, you know, people have lost loved ones. And I think you just never know what people are going through as well. So I think, you know, just sometimes sending out that message, hey, just checking in on you or actually making time to say, okay, I haven't spoken to this person in a while. I'm going to call this person. I'm going to check in on this person. I think little things like that can go a long way for other people and also for yourself. So for me, I would say that's the one thing I'm taking forward, just being intentional about checking in with other people. I love it. I feel it's like the theme of the podcast, be intentional about how you consume content, how you put content out. It's, it's all that. It's all that. We don't even plan it. I love it. <laughs> and snake, obviously. Snake's the game. Give exactly. us a bit of like, say snake's the game, if anybody else remembers it, by the way. <laughs> now, the last question. Uh, the question that we ask everyone, who would be the person that you would have with you for brunch, dead or alive? If you had to choose one person, can be dead, can be alive, who would you take for brunch and why? Michelle Obama. Very easy. <laughs> why? I just would love to be her friend. I would just love to, you know, she just seems like that person who, you know, you just want to gain all their knowledge or their wisdom, but you also just want to hang out and chill and just kick it. She just seems like an all-around amazing woman. So Michelle Obama is my pick. Oh, that was in that was so easy. I love that. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, Madia, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for answering all the grueling questions. I know I was a bit on fire today. And thank you so much for everything you do and all the time that you show up and that you, you know, really remind us to take a bit more care of ourselves. We do need that. 
Now, if people want to find out more about you and want to do a bit of healthy stalking, where should they go? So um, you can find me over on Instagram. It's my number one place to be. And you can find me at mindbodydoctor on Instagram. You can also find me on Twitter, which is at mindbodydoctor underscore. And I have a website, mindbodydoctor.co.uk. And you can always reach out to me. Feel free to message me and um, DM me. I will always try to respond. And Fab, thank you so much for having me today. It's been such a great conversation as always. Amazing questions as always. Always on fire. Absolutely love your energy. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at creativeimpactco. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group. <laughs>